You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with renowned radio talk show host and certified holistic practitioner, Cindy Gilman. So listen, participate, be inspired. Know that you can discover your potential. Here she is, Cindy Gilman. Well, hello. This is not Cindy Gilman. This is Dan Gilman, and I'm your host today. And you're listening to Discover Your Potential. My mother, Cindy Gilman, is a little under the weather lately. So let's please send her some healing thoughts and prayers so she can come back stronger and we can enjoy her upcoming shows. I want to give a shout out uh, to my wife and kids, Marina, Ben, and Michael. Love you guys. And if you want to speak to our amazing guests that we have today, uh, you can call one 888 627-6008. That's one 627 6008 The thing I remember best about successful people I've met all through the years is their obvious delight in what they're doing. And it seems to have very little to do with worldly success. They just love what they're doing and they love it in front of others. That's a quote from Mr. Rogers. I thought it, but it was, uh, and that's Gene in the background. So I want to say we have a very special guest today, and I'm so excited. He's actually been on the show at least twice, at least, and we're so well, excited to have him back, or once, but yeah. twice, with with Billy. Uh, Gene Beretta is an award-winning author and illustrator of children's books. If you haven't heard the last show, among his honors are the Carolyn W. Field Award the Bank Street Cook Prize honor, and a 2021 NAACP Image Award nomination. And he can go over his books as well. He's got a plethora of books. Really super excited. Gene has contributed to illustrations and animations to Sesame Street and Between the Lions. He's also designed characters for the Jim Henson Company. So it is an honor and a privilege to welcome Gene Beretta. Gene, welcome to Discover Your Potential. Hey, Dan. First of all, send my best to your mom. Give her my best. Hope she gets well soon, sooner than later. And I, yeah, I, I had such a good time talking to her last time. So please send my best. Well, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you today. So this is, this is exciting. You're so yeah. super talented. You've written <laughs> children's books that touch children's lives all over the world. You worked for Sesame Street, one of my favorite and personal favorite shows of all time. Me and too. I'm a, I'm a big fan of your work and and you as a person. So my first question would be like, what drives you to write for children, and when did you when did you discover your potential? Hmm. Well, when did I start? I did you ask when I started? Because that was like that came late in life. I I didn't even know this was a possible career until my late thirties. Because um, I originally just wanted to be a filmmaker, and I went to school for I uh, went to NYU film school, and and uh, wanted to be a film director, and lots of other things happened along the way, and I was at a point in my life where I wasn't sure what was next, and it wasn't until I started meeting other, uh, and I was moving all over the place, and I ended up back in the area where I grew up outside of Philadelphia. And I started meeting other book illustrators and authors. And the area I live in now, which is outside of Philadelphia, is really rich 
with A-level authors and illustrators. And uh, it wasn't until I started meeting them that I thought, wow, this is, this is actually a career possibility. Because the reason I wanted to make films was because what I love most is storytelling. And I thought that was the most exciting way to do it. Uh, and then meeting all these people made me realize, well, maybe uh, the way that really works for me best is through writing and illustrating picture books because mm. it not only suits the kind of work I like to do in the arts, but it suits my lifestyle, I'm kind of a homebody. And, um, you know, it's hard to be that if you want to work in film and TV and you might have to be off for weeks at a time on a project or, you know, working 15, 18 hour days, this and that. So the, all that combined uh, made me set my sails toward writing and illustrating picture books. So discovering my potential, I guess, came years after that, after, you know, many, many rejections yeah. and starting on smaller books and building up to some books that finally got attention. And I continue to just broaden my career through writing uh, for other author, or sorry, writing for other illustrators, illustrating for other authors, and then doing books where I do both. Oh, that's great. How many books have you published thus far? Um, well, as an illustrator, I've worked, I've worked with all the major publishers as an illustrator, whether that's in standard picture books or books that go straight into schools, um, things like that, and maybe a little over 30. And of those, um, I think I'm working on my 10th as an author. And, you know, I've, I've written three for other illustrators. That's so s in that neighborhood. I just want to shift gears and talk about your background before I go more specifically in, sure. in your books. But uh, so when did you know you were going to be an artist? Like, what was your childhood like? I know you was an incredibly talented brother as well, Bill Beretta, and he's on the show as well. He's all right. What, 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 what is it like growing up with Bill? It sounds like it's really fun between the two of you. Well, we, I, I'm the older brother, and so um, I, I'm four years older, and I would kind of lead him, uh, make him do all the things that I wanted to do. Nice. <laughs> so... Fortunately, we like doing the same things. Uh, so we would just, um, it was the two of us. And so we, we enjoyed getting into lots of mischief together. You know, a lot, innocent mischief. Nothing that you, you know, nothing uh, you'd get arrested. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you could get arrested for some of it, especially these days. But, um, but I would take, I, would, I, I wanted to make films from an early age. So I would make these Super 8 films that I would write and direct and I would uh, bring Billy along to be usually, you know, the star of them or a co-star in them. Mm. And, uh, and so we did a lot of that. He, he, did, he wasn't so much into the, the drawing, painting part of it. I was doing that even earlier. Just my mom told me that when I was three, I drew a purple elephant on, with crayon on the wall next to my crib. Wow. So I know I know I'd been doing it a long, long time. And actually, first thing I ever wanted to do was be a, an animator for Walt Disney when I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old. Mm. And that just evolved into wanting to make uh, live action narrative films 
And so, so we did a lot of that during our teens. And we uh, eventually I, I learned how to play the guitar in my mid-late teens. And we did a lot of just hanging around and singing, mainly Beatles and some other things. Um, so it was usually surrounded. It was usually art-centered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started with that. And, we, and uh, eventually I went off to school to study film and... And then he eventually went to school to study acting at the Neighborhood Playhouse in New York. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and after he graduated, he went off to L.A. And to make the beginning of that story short, he auditioned for a uh, Jim Henson show called Dinosaurs in the 90s. Because we knew Brian, we met, we both met Brian Henson um, uh, when we all worked together at a place called Sesame Place in uh, Langhorne, Pennsylvania, just, um, you know, helping kids on and off the rides, cleaning up cigarette butts, bathrooms, all that. And we became good friends during that time. And Billy and I stayed in touch with him through the 80s. And eventually when Billy moved out there in the 90s, Brian had started the show Dinosaurs. Billy auditioned and he got the role of uh, the father character, um, Earl Sinclair in the show Dinosaurs, and he was one of three people who who uh, made that character come to life. Billy was inside of the suit. It was a big. It wasn't a standard, you know, hand in a puppet kind of Muppet. It was a lot. It was a full scale, even mm-hmm. larger than full scale, I guess, walk around puppet. And Billy was inside of that suit. And then a third person worked the face controls to give all the expression of the character. And then they gave, um, and then they brought it to post production, where actors, and in Billy's case, Stuart, the great Stuart Pankin, um, provided the voice for Earl. Wow, that's great. Uh, and I should mention the people that did his face controls, Dave Goles and Mac Wilson, were extremely talented too. So, um, so that was his start with Henson and the Muppets. Um, and then I, you know, I went out to L.A., worked in the film industry for a while working in art departments and sort of stuff like that. And then I left L.A. and then what followed was a period of trying to figure out what was next. During that period, when I was living in Charlottesville, Virginia, I started doing animation for Sesame Street because Kevin Clash, uh, who's known for creating Elmo and other characters, he introduced me to the producer at Sesame, and I showed them, gave them ideas for some animated shorts. And... uh, was able to do five of them over the course of a two-year period. And uh, and then it goes on from there. I feel like I'm talking way too much. No, that's the point. <laughs> we, enjoy, we enjoy the conversation. Right. And, right. and Kevin Plash was actually on your show, too. We'll talk about your show later as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had, you had a lot to do with it, too. So There you go. Um, where, so I don't know if I asked, did, where did you go to school? Did you mention where you went to school and where you studied? Um, at college, I went yeah. to my first, I went the first two years at the University of Bridgeport in Connecticut and they had a great film program back then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know if it even exists now. I'm not sure. But then I went the second two years at NYU and graduated from there. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, graduated from there. I even did an internship at MTV back in the first first few years that it was on the air which was a cool experience when it was really just all all videos and and the um what they call them uh vjs video jockeys yeah i remember that 
Was that where uh, during the time Max Headroom? <laughs> uh, when was Max Headroom? That was, uh, I think it was a little earlier. Max Headroom. Hang on, now, I, now you got me uh, curious. I just searched 1985. He was so that was a, my internship was I think 83. Oh, okay. That was a cool remember, show. Remember that? I remember that. That was really fun. Yeah. I, I miss MTV as it was. It Me really too. Yeah, it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. But before, uh, oh, can we, um, before we go into talking about your books as well, but can we talk a little bit about your connection with Mr. Rogers? I'm, I mentioned a quote at the beginning of the show, and right. he was a true inspiration to me as an artist, and I watched him growing up. Amazing. I'm so anxious to hear about the story of you meeting Mr. Rogers. And Yeah, I mean, my con- my, my connection, um, Oh, we have a caller too. We have a caller. Do, do you want to do that first? We can we can take a call, sure. Hello, caller. Hello, caller, come in. Hey, you. It's American Artistic, by the way, Cassie Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Hi, Jean? Cassidy. Hi, good, Cassidy. We know Cassidy. She's a big fan of our our vodcast. Oh, great, Cassidy. Yeah. Do you have a question for Jean? Um. Hmm. Well. Um. <laughs> That's a good question for me. <laughs> I have a question for um, you, yeah, Cassidy. Um, uh, what? Who's, and I know the answer to this. Who's your favorite Muppet? <laughs> Dr. Phil Van Neuter and, Dil- and Digit. from the, Well, Dr. Phil Van Neuter is from Muppets Tonight. Um, Bill did his hands. Um, and uh, Brian, did, uh, Brian Henson did his voice. And Digit from the Jim Henson Hour. Gotcha, right. Cassie's, Cassie's a loyal fan. And wow, great. Everybody's aware of Dr. Phil Van. She keeps the legacy of Dr. Phil Van Neuter alive. Oh, nice. Well, that's Aww. great. Well, thank you so much for calling yeah, in, Cassidy. So. We appreciate your support. Thank you, Cassidy. Yeah, you, you, you too, Gene. Uh, Hopefully your uh, brother's stuff will come back to life. <laughs> sure, yeah. We're on hiatus right now just for a limited time. Yeah, that, that's um, right. That's right. Yep, yep. I'm still All alive. Right, well, He's got a podcast now. Right. Thank you. Thanks, Cassidy. Yeah, let me mention real quickly that you know we've got well, we've got this podcast called the Beretta Brothers, so we can talk about more later. Um, and my brother and I started it, and it's a very Muppet-centered. Uh, we call it a vodcast because it's mainly video, and uh, we've got about forty-eight shows that are on iTunes right now. Not iTunes, sorry, on YouTube mm-hmm. right now. the Beretta brothers. But since we're on hiatus, we decided with the help of Dan to, um, to take the audio from those shows and create a podcast. So people can also enjoy the show when they're out and about. So, uh, those are up now at iTunes and Apple podcasts. Yeah. And I hear you might have a few little snippets here and there that are exciting new content eventually on the podcast. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll drop some things out. Well, don't I sound so young? We're going to drop some things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little little bits here and there um, along the way. Yeah. But what were we? Uh, so what were we? What were we? Um, so we were. Yeah. Before we got a call, we were talking about a little bit about your connection with Mr. Rogers. Oh, Mr. Rogers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to overplay it. It's not like we had any big relationship or anything. But I did spend a day with him, and I remember. Maybe sometime in the 80s, I just wrote him a fan letter because I've always loved him and grew up 
you know, coming home from school and spending an hour watching Sesame Street and then winding down with a half hour of Mr. Rogers. And um, I just always appreciated what he stood for and everything he did. And I wrote him a fan letter. Uh, he, he replied back with a really sweet letter. And then after I did the Sesame Street animations, I decided just to write him back and say, yes, this is what I've been up to. And he sent me back a really nice letter and said, um, if you're ever in the neighborhood, stop in and I'd love to meet you. Oh. I guess it was because of the Sesame Street connection, right? Mm. So I immediately got on the phone and I called his his people. I don't remember the name of the woman. And okay. And so we um, he he shot his show out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I live near Philadelphia. So I set up a meeting. This was in the summer of 1998. I remember it was on my mom's birthday, too, because I had to get back for that. But I got up at like 2 a.m. and drove like five hours out to Pittsburgh (laughs) and spent the afternoon. They they were doing some reshoots in the neighborhood of make-believe. And so I got to spend the day in the neighborhood of make-believe. And I met Lady Aberlin and um, uh, Speedy Delivery. well, it's not his real name. What is his real name? Not Speedy Delivery. Uh, the Postman's name. Uh, God, I'm drawing a blank. Um, but uh, but then Mr. Rogers, of course, and he was just like he's just like he is on the show. There, he's there's nothing put on about him on the show. Uh, he spent time with me. He walked me around. I, he let me play with King Friday, and he took me behind this the set of the castle and. And the, the mo- one of the most fun things was he said, you know, they had a live three-piece band on the show. <clears throat> and he said, watch this. I'm going to come up, I'm going to play the piano for you. And uh, 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 Johnny Costa is going to yell at me. Johnny Costa was the band director. <laughs> so we went over. He started playing and within like 10 seconds, get off the piano. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my incredible day with Mr. Rogers, which I will never forget. And what's really cool, they did the, you know, they did the Tom Hanks film on him and they shot it in the same studio, which is great to, to revisit sort of indirectly. That's incredible. Any day with Mr. Rogers sounds incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He just had a birthday just was it two yeah. days ago was his birthday. And, uh, I, I put next to my happy birthday wish the number 143. Mm-hmm. A lot of people kept asking, what does that mean? And 143 was the term Mr. Rogers used to say, I love you. Because not only did he always weigh 143, 143 pounds, which he, he kept diligent about, and he swam every day to keep that weight. Mm-hmm. But if you count the letters in I love you, it's 143. And that's how he said 143. Incredible. Wow. Fred Rogers tidbit yeah, trivia. Absolutely. Should what do we, we got on the line, Dan? Yeah, should we uh, uh, see who's on line three, I guess it is? Are you there? Hi, this is... Uh, hi. hi, is this hey, Joseph? This is, uh, hi, yeah, it's Joseph Dudley. <laughs> We're getting hey. fans from our show calling in. Oh, nice. I'm going to say your whole fan club's uh, showing up. Yeah, that's cool. That's great. Joseph yeah. Joseph was a contestant. Joseph was a contestant. We did a, we did a couple uh, Muppet trivia episodes. And Joseph was a competitor in one of those. A really fun guest. Nice. Thank you. And he even won he won pig's feet. We gave them a choice of prizes and they were they all had some kind of 
Muppet theme, you know, related thing. Mm -hmm. So as a joke, one of them was just a, a can of pig's feet. But since I couldn't get pig's feet to him in Canada because of the type of Amazon delivery, I sent him a pair of socks that looked like pig's feet. So he has, he has a pair of those. <laughs> yeah. What's up? My, my do you have a um, I do have a question. Also, um, before I ask, I just wanted to say, uh, Gene, congratulations on getting that NAACP award. That is huge. Thank you. I didn't get it. I didn't get the award yet. They're actually announced the award f tomorrow night. So I'll know tomorrow whether I've won this NAACP Image Award for my book. is It's, it's nominated for a book called The Secret Garden of George Washington Carver which is my most recent picture book release. So fingers crossed, it'll be, uh, I'm, I'm just honored to be nominated. And what's that? I heard you're competing against LeBron James for that one. I can honestly say I've, I'm, I competed against LeBron James because he's, he wrote a picture book and he's one of the five nominees. <laughs> so, so we'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll see LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> Keep endurance, that's all. <laughs> I'm rooting for you. Thank you. So what's your question, Joe? So um, I kind of have a question that I'll, I might be able to relate to. Um, so I just got accepted to a university for, like, theater. And cool. I cool. want to know, thank you. I want to know, um, when you first started out, what kind of jobs did you do on the side other than Sesame Place? Oh, you mean just that weren't related to my field or anything like that? Yeah, or like things that were just like anything you did on the side to help you like pay the bills. Uh, well, I, did, I worked in a, several different restaurants as a waiter, um, or just like a, a burger and hot dog chef. Um, I did occasional like commission or freelance illustration stuff. When I got out of school, um, my brother and I did a lot of uh, industrial videos, training videos for. Uh, places in in Philadelphia, like law firms and things like that, and it was kind of fun because we we got away with a lot. We they would give us a script about accounting, for example, and we had no idea what it all meant. We just kind of kind of read through the script and we blocked out. Okay, this is the kind of setup we'll put, so they can just and then we just let them talk. But we would insert all these comedic bits in there that he and I would sometimes act in between some of the key scenes for for the accountants. So we had fun with that, and then I would work on sets for different legitimate, you know, uh, either local commercials or national commercials, um, either in the art department or um, you know just a, a production assistant. Um, but just do anything you need to do just to bring in some money and get experience working with, you know, working. Um, so I wouldn't shy away from anything. I think the mistake a lot of younger people make coming out of college now is uh, they forget about the dues you have to pay. And that's an important role in your career. Uh, you learn so much when you're working jobs you don't like and jobs where it's jobs that are not ideal. It's a big life lesson. So don't shy away from whatever is going to bring you some some extra cash while you need it. I hope that that's answered your question. Really, yeah, and congratulations. Yeah, now, son, go out there and do your best. <laughs> I'll try, Father. <laughs> All, right. All right, Joe, we'll see you when we come back on with our, our, with our show. I, I'm a, I'll expect to see you there in the, uh, in the live chat. I'll be watching. Thanks, Joseph. Thanks, Joseph. Bye, guys.
Bye. So if anybody wants to call in uh, to speak with our amazing guest, uh, our number is one 627 6008 That's one 627 6008 So I guess we already talked about, I was going to segue into your uh, amazing books, uh, but we, we already went into that. But what, what type of books do you like to write about and illustrate? And is there any specific genre that's... I do. I've, I've, I've done more biographies than anything. And uh, when, I, well, when I started my career, I, I just started as an illustrator uh, for other authors. And the logic was get my name known by publishers through one thing at a time which became illustration because that's that's what I've always been more comfortable doing and excuse me and so uh, I didn't have I, I finally after a few years I got an agent um, which was great because then I had I had a manuscript that I had been working on that I wanted to start shopping around and, and it happened to be a biography I didn't set out to have any big plan as far as the type of books I wanted to write, but it was a book called Now and Ben, The Modern Inventions of Benjamin Franklin. And it was all about uh, Benjamin Franklin's inventions and how we still use them in our world today. And it went through lots and lots of revisions over the course of like a two-year period, which is a a great story I always tell kids when I do school visits, because it's a really good lesson in perseverance, because it went from being a much more narrative story to a straight-ahead non-fiction book. Uh, one side of the page is Ben inventing things, and the other half is today and how we use them. So it's now, and instead of now and then, it's now and Ben. Get it? Ha-ha. <laughs> uh-huh. so, uh, but it did really well, um, and it still does well, and it's become part of uh, some school curriculum and anthologies, and it's in a couple languages and including Braille and Chinese, things like that. And so, you know, what happens a lot in in a business like this is if one thing hits big, they'll usually want to see a follow-up with something similar. Fortunately, I I had uh, some ideas for more biographies, and the second one I did was Leonardo da Vinci's Inventions and how we use them today, and I did Thomas Edison's Inventions, how we use them today. And... Which, and now I say it was straightforward, the inventions, but all three of these books also included enough biographical information where they fell in the, still fell in the category of biographies. So um, that just became something I was known for, and I think I'm just naturally attracted to biographies and stories about people's lives, and they inspire me with my own life. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I've done many, many of them now. And so I think that's, um, that's, I, I don't even, I forget the original question you asked me, but it led well, into. Are, are you working on anything new that you can like, give little nuggets on or is that something? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, so Carver was, was my latest biography. So, you know, mm-hmm. I did, um, I did one. Okay. So uh, currently I'm working on, I just wrote uh, a book on, Steven Spielberg's childhood, which is called Starring Steven Spielberg. And I wrote it for another illustrator, um, Craig Orbach. And that'll be out 
in uh, not until the fall of 2022, because um, usually it takes from the time you hand in the manuscript and the illustrations and all of that, it's um, it's another year before it comes out because they have to put it in a certain uh, season, you know, release season, all that. And then I'm working on. Did you get uh, my, what, Sorry. Did you get to meet Steven Spielberg? No. From what I heard, he doesn't talk to biographers. Oh. Here's an interesting thing, though. What I we just found out in the last two weeks is that uh, you know he was Spielberg was working on West Side Story, and I think because of COVID, things got uh, rescheduled. And from what I heard, he's decided this summer to start shooting a film about his childhood, oh, wow. or at least loosely based on it, which is due to come out around the same time as my book. So I hope that helps things. It's kind of like a, you know, it's a nice thing to have a children's picture book about the same subject as a major motion picture. (laughs) So that's a really cool timing. Uh, And uh, I'm I'm working on my dream project right now, which is um, I'm a big Andrew Wyeth fan. For those of you who aren't familiar with him, he's one of the great American painters. And he lived from 1917 to 2009. And uh, the whole Wyeth family is extremely talented. His father, N.C. Wyeth, was a nationally acclaimed uh, children's book illustrator. And uh, his son, Jamie Wyeth, is a famous painter. And other painters in the family, Henriette and Carolyn. And I even found out that Andrew Wyeth's nephew, Howie, played drums for Bob Dylan. (laughs) So you can see him if you watch that that, uh, Netflix show or... um, movie that Scorsese did, Bob Dylan's Rolling Thunder Review. Uh, Howie Wyeth is the drummer in that. But anyway, Andrew Wyeth, I'm focusing on his childhood. And I think it's a great subject for kids because there are so many stories about why he paints and how he paints that can be so contagious and inspiring for young artists. Um, And it's, it's a way to get them interested and started and to show them what an incredible life filled with imagination and and art um he had and how it influenced what he did with it um and so the uh, he lived and he painted in two places basically his entire life chads ford pennsylvania which is only about half an hour from me and then up in port clyde and cushing maine and there's a there's the brandywine river museum here in chads ford uh, which is right near where all the Wyeths lived and worked um, for a good deal of their life. And the people at the museum have, can, could not be more generous with their resources. And uh, it's just a dream come true for anyone who's a Wyeth fan. And so it's one of those projects that I just don't want to ever end, but I know it has to. <laughs> so uh, so um, I'm just really enjoying that. And I'm, I'm writing and illustrating that one. Um, it's incredible. Me too. Can we talk about your awards? I hear you've you've won quite a few and and receptions. How many awards have you won? Actually, well, I haven't, I haven't won too many awards. Uh, I just you know I've nominated for a few and um, I've been on a number of you know really uh, prestigious I guess book lists and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned them at the top of the show. There's a the Bank Street College of Education gives out an award uh, that I won an honor prize for my Thomas Edison book called Timeless Thomas, How Thomas Edison Changed Our Lives. 
And then um, the Carolyn W. Field Award is given out by the the, uh, Pennsylvania Library Association, which is... um, which I won for now and Ben. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then there's the, uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow with the NAACP Image Award, Music. which is just kind of surreal to think about. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's, this is one of those careers where you don't know what it's about until you're doing it. You, you have no idea where your books may end up, you know, or how they might be translated into other languages and how they might become part of school curriculum um, uh, the type of places you get invited to to speak at conferences, the the type of other people you—it's just—and uh, that's one of the fun things about it is that I'm always being surprised by something that one of the books that I do ends up becoming a part of. Hmm. Um, and it's a really nice industry too. Um, the, the authors and illustrators, editors that I meet—it's we're all kind of rooting for each other. I mean, at least in the picture book side of things, um, we all want to read good books and we're all helping each other, you know, get connected with conferences or school visits. And it's a really healthy community where I see a lot of cheerleading and and not so much backstabbing as you might see in other industries. Yeah, that's that's great. That's good that you have that uh, not only collaboration, but community. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I had, I had a couple mentors when I was trying to get started. Judy Byron Schachner, uh, who's a really well-known author, illustrator. E.B. Lewis, really well-known illustrator. Who These were people that allowed me to see that, oh, this is a possible career. Yeah. And so whenever I get asked by people, you know, when I, when I have time available, I try to do the same thing back and extend some help when I can. I, I've always been a fan of Dr. Seuss as well. Uh-huh. And, yeah. well, and actually inspired by my many children's book illustrators and authors. So, Uh-huh. Because you're an illustrator yourself, right? You're an artist. Well, that's where, that's where I started, sure. I haven't, I haven't really focused on it lately. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> Polar Express, <laughs> which I know is right. overrated, but I, I, love, I love his work. Uh-huh. So... Um, but, but, you know, I've always wanted to ask you, uh, right. uh, oh, can you tell us about the story of the Hollywood sign? Oh, uh, there's no big story. It was just, um, when I was living out in LA, <laughs> we just decided, uh, that it would be cool to go up to the top of the Hollywood sign. And, uh, and I wanted to sit inside the letter O. And uh, which I did, and I was successful. But it was kind of cool because we did. From what we knew, you're not allowed to do it, and I that might even I, that could be true. At the time, we were certain you couldn't do it, so we thought, all right, we've got to do this quickly. <laughs> and there's no easy way to get there. So it's a, it's the mountain leading up to it is much higher and. Uh, um, uh, what's the word? You know, the incline is much steeper than you would imagine. So I even like about halfway there, I started. We're we're dashing up the hill, thinking we better go quickly. You know, we're imagining helicopters coming in, shining the spotlight on us. And this was even in the daytime. So uh, about halfway up, I got lightheaded and I had to kind of lie down, and I was all like in a cold sweat. And Billy's taking pictures of me, just getting a kick out of it. 
And as I'm lying there, uh, sweating to death, people are just walking up, walking past us like families with lunch bags and like on a Sunday stroll. I'm thinking, what's going on here? So we did finally make it up and just like in the movie, if you've seen the movie Chaplin, you know, with Robert Downey Jr. and Kevin Klein plays, um, uh, uh, um, oh, what's the swashbuckler's name? Why can't I think? Douglas Fairbanks, right? Is that who he, I think that's who he plays. There's a scene where they go up to the Hollywood sign and they climb up the back of it. And I think he sits inside the O and that's, that's exactly what I did, which was uh, just another bucket list thing to chalk off, chalk off Great. check off. Chalk off, check off, which is it? I don't remember. Yeah, that, no, that sounds like a fun, a fun memory. It was really fun, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have we- pictures to prove it, <laughs> including <laughs> myself lying on the ground in a cold sweat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw the post actually. I was like, oh, I've got to ask him. <laughs> that's like, right. like that's exciting. I knew you went up with Billy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. and Leif Tilden, who um, who played, uh, he's he's also a Muppet performer oh. and he's, he's been inside. He's, he's been one of the Ninja Turtles in the first two movies, I think. And he was, he played the son Robbie in dinosaurs. Um, he's a suit performer in that. So, uh, yeah, the three of us went up together. Well, that's great. That's terrific. Thanks. Can we go into a little bit about the work you did for Jim Henson and Sesame street? I know for me anyway, Sesame street was a huge influence in my growing up. Mm-hmm. I always love the Muppets. I always right. wanted to be a, a puppeteer, but um, I, I just, I love your stories about, and we've talked before about it, but can you tell me more about your working there and about your character creation, storyboard animation? You've done a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, I never worked with Jim Henson, unfortunately, because he, you know, he died uh, the year before, well, the year that, actually the year that Billy went west and started with, uh, dinosaurs, but um, I did get to meet him a couple times, um, and one was in his apartment uh, in New York when Bill and I was just we thought we were going up to just visit Brian, hmm. and we realized oh we're actually visiting Jim's apartment. Wouldn't it be funny if he was there? And he was, and so that was just another one of those days like the Mister Rogers Day that I'll never forget. Hmm. Um, but for Sesame Street. You know, I didn't. I didn't work there on the set. I, you know, it's it's the kind of work that you can do um, from home, mm-hmm. and I did part of it from Virginia, part of it from the Philadelphia area. And they would, I would, I brought plenty of ideas. They, what they do is they give you a curriculum each year if they know you're interested, and they tell you all the things that they're going to teach on Sesame Street that next season. And you go home and you brainstorm ideas for that, and usually like a one-minute animated pieces. Mm-hmm. And so they liked what I did, and so I went to work on I did three the first year and two the second year, I think. And it really is uh, a grind because I had basically a month to do uh, a month to do a one-minute animation, which means hundreds of drawings. First, you record all the sound that goes with it, including some songs that I wrote and performed. And then you have to plot out all of the, uh, you know, how the lips sync up to the the words and how they move 
through every moment of that one minute and then you draw it all. I had to hire somebody to do the coloring else I would just have never been. And then you have to, you know, get it all filmed and all this within a month for one minute piece. You, you so filming of it as well. Well, I gave I gave the um, I gave the artwork to a production house who had the, the facilities to yeah. to record it all and um, composited all the characters with the backgrounds. It was all traditionally done. Oh, it so wasn't you had an animation stand and everything when you did your drawings. Yeah, I did. I had a light table, and it was done traditionally. They weren't really, you know, digital animation was. This was in the mid. This was the late nineties, like ninety six, ninety seven. So people weren't doing it as, uh, as as much as they do it today. Uh, so I did that. So I did those films for them, and um, they and that was the last season of Sesame Street, where they were really were taking a lot of um, short films like that. Because then they changed their whole format. This was these were for season twenty eight and twenty nine, and then in season thirty they changed the whole format of the show, and they really didn't need the same amount of uh, short films f- to fill the to fill the program. Um, so I did that, and then I did um, I did storyboards for Muppets from Space, mm-hmm. which was fun because got to hang out and uh, with Billy and live with Billy down in Wilmington, North Carolina, for a few weeks. I was there for like three weeks, and then I had to come back actually to work on one of my Sesame Street animations. But uh, yeah, it was really fun just hanging out with all the people down there. And it was mainly during a pre-production period. I was only there for about a week of shooting. Uh, what else? Um, I did some character design work for some programs that unfortunately never got picked up. There's one called Tinseltown. I did some char- I kind of revised some character designs for that one. And then I did some character designs for a show that was going to be called Late Night Buffet, which was a... <laughs> like a late evening talk show with real celebrity guests, but the hosts were puppets, like life-size puppets, and they had a life-size puppet band. But fortunately, some of those characters and puppets were used for some other projects along the way. So it was good to be able to see them performed and uh, and on the air. And uh, I don't know, is there other things? Bill and I, we had a script in development with Henson at one point. Um which I don't. I hope it comes back to life again, but I don't want to say more about that. Yeah, I think that's everything I've done related with Henson and Muppets. Uh, I did some. Oh, you know, when when I visit the set occasionally, I'll get to do a little background character or something like that if they're doing a crowd scene, which is always fun, or do like one of the characters' right arms or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's just one of the perks of having a brother <laughs> in the business. Yeah. They just like last minute they need oh we need another frog in there or whatever you know and then you jump in yeah that's great yeah I wanted to go into uh, your show the Beretta Brothers yeah I've had a great great fortune of an opportunity to actually meet both you and Billy both amazing talented people but and I love your show also a fan Uh, but you have you've had some amazing guests from. See if I can pronounce it this time because last time I couldn't. Ricky Gervais, yeah, Brian Hattie, Kirk Thatcher. I mean, just a huge list. Kevin Clash. I mean, I can't name. There's just so many incredible puppeteers. Well, you had us. You know, you were instrumental at the beginning because we were both guests on your mom's show, mm-hmm. 
And it was, you know, and then COVID hit and uh, work slowed down for a lot of people. And so Billy and I said, oh, let's take advantage of this. You know, maybe we, because we were messing around with some live streams. So maybe we should do something together. And we talked to you about what it would take to, um, tech on a technical end of things, to make something like that work. And uh, we did our first few shows with you. And then there were some, some reasons that we, we had to change things up. And we worked, over time, we worked with... Uh, someone else and then that changed and we changed different streaming formats and it became way more technical than we ever expected <laughs> and it, it 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 became like a full-time job which was good because we had the time then so um but over time things you know fell into place really well and like you said not only have we had a, a huge amount of the key figures in the muppet world between frank oz and Dave Goals and Matt Vogel and just Kevin Clash and I, uh, Kirk Thatcher. You know, I, I, I shouldn't have started listing names because I don't want to leave, you know, all these great people out. But, but we've also had a lot of celebrities who have worked with the Muppets over time, um, like uh, Ricky Gervais. And we had Danny Trejo on, which was cool. And as a surprise to him, we brought on John Voight and Robert Rodriguez, the film director, and Kermit the Frog and the Swedish chef. We even surprised Ricky Gervais with Constantine, who is Kermit's alter ego, because they work together in Muppets Most Wanted. And we've had uh, Alton Brown, the chef, and uh, uh, David Arquette. And uh, I'm looking at a big collage here of people. We had Bobby Moynihan from SNL. Who else? Like I said, all the key Muppet people. Brian Henson. And Oh, uh, 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 Michael Giacchino, you know, one of the great uh, film score composers yeah. that we have out today. We even had Santa Claus on and uh, Ben Franklin came yeah. on. And then we'd love to get, we'd love to get, the, what's that? Where did you get them from the past? That must have been difficult. What do you mean from the past? They're still around. Oh, ben, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we had, we like to, we like our connection to our viewers, which is really important to us. So when we do the show, we have a live chat um, when they're able to ask our guests questions. And we've had a few shows, like I mentioned, where we, where we bring in some of our viewers to be participants in some trivia shows. We even had one episode that was America's Got Muppet Talent, where we had 10 contestants performing Muppet music in their own style, which was really fun. So um, that's something I, I really enjoy about the show. They send us in fan art, and uh, we have a really nice connection with, with those people. We even had Muppet fan artists on. Some of my friends and people I know, really extremely talented artists who, um, who are also obsessive Muppet fans. We bring in all sorts of people. We even brought in some family members at different points, too, <laughs> just to tell some old stories. It's incredible. Yeah, I love your show. But, but so I, as I mentioned, right now we're just on a we're just on a, a hiatus. You know, we did a, almost a year of shows, and we just needed some time to catch up with some other work, and we'll be back. But yeah. in the meantime, you can listen to the shows with this new podcast, which is, as we mentioned, on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Yes, and the and the, the and then you just go to YouTube to see all these really fun shows and highlight 
reels and things like that too. Yeah, we'll make sure that we post the notes in, in our show notes so people can actually click on the link and, and see your show and hear it. Cool. So it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't know if you have any kind of final thoughts. I know we're, we're getting close on time. can't believe I could spend hours talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do sometimes because you still help us out with the, with the show. Yeah, um, I mean, but outside of technical, just listening to your stories and uh-huh. you know, just so just between, you know, you and Billy, you've got so many incredible stories. And, yeah, you know, it's just, yeah. it's try to take a big bite out of life. You know, just like um, I have a big bucket list and uh, <laughs> uh-huh. I just, uh, usually when I get a thought about something that at one point seemed uh, like, why even consider that? It'll never happen. I started putting those things in a category of, well, just make them happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had some success with that along the way. Um, plenty of other things that are on the list still, but uh, there's still plenty of time. Uh, I've got my, uh, you know, I want to pass that that philosophy on to my son, mm-hmm. um, which which would be a cool way to. And uh, and Billy's got a son who's the same age. He's uh, extremely talented as far as. Um, performing and uh and 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 he's also a really wonderful illustrator too and the two of them actually have been on our show a couple times just on some q and a's they even posed as us once <laughs> yeah Great. do you so do you have any like last parting thoughts for i was just thinking about this but uh, i know we had a, a, another caller that called in and and asked about you know he's going to school and what should he do but do you have yeah. anything that would inspire that would you would have tips for those artists out there that want to go into mm. children's book writing or who want to illustrate for kids or who want to work for Sesame Street or the Muppets or right, right. who are really engrossed with the whole, you know, entertainment field and helping kids. I mean that's that's the big proponent here. It's is um helping and touching children's lives. Yeah. Um well, I, I mean, I can tell you more specifically when it comes to the author-illustrator work because um, it's what I'm closest to more recently. Mm-hmm. And for those of you here, I'll give you, here's a really important tip for those of you who want to write children's books but not illustrate them. A lot of them are under the misconception that you have to get your manuscript illustrated before you submit it to publishers. That's the last thing you want to do because they you're going to give – they, they want to be the ones to connect the images with the words. And you may send them something, you may send them a great manuscript, but if the illustrations don't fit the way they imagine the story, that could just kill your chances. So get the manuscript in the best form possible and send it out. And there's a great organization out there that I recommend you joining called the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. And it's the website is SCB. W-I, Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators.org. They're an international organization. They have conferences, and I've, I belong to it. I still belong to it, but they helped me as I was getting started, and I've ended up speaking at some of their conferences and things. Do that, and just don't be afraid of getting all the rejections that you're going to get at the start. And learn diplomacy. 
which is really important no matter what field you're in. Um, and don't be afraid to, you know, you're going to make your mistakes early and uh, get that out of the way, hopefully, sooner than later. Uh, but it, al- it always happens when you're doing the work. You're never going to know how to avoid mistakes unless you're, you're actually doing the work. Um, with, with more with puppetry, I don't, I don't know what to tell people to do. There's fortunately YouTube gives lots of young puppeteers a format in which to feature their work. Um, you know, the Muppets, I don't know how often they hold auditions these days or even Sesame street, but it's just staying connected with communities with Henson and the Muppets and publishing the more communities you can join, the more peers you can expose your work to and get feedback, is, that's really important. Uh, and just, you know, you'll find out how badly you want it after you start getting some rejections. If you find, all right, this isn't for me after a few disappointments, then it's better to, to find something else that you love. Otherwise, if you just can't put it away and you're determined, you know, your chances are better at... Um, something coming through for you. Uh, And that's what, you know, when I tell that story to the kids at my school visits about the two years of endless rejections with my first book, Now and Ben, it's such an important lesson for them to see that perseverance can pay off. But, you know, so that's what I would say. That's great. And brush your teeth and say your (laughs) prayers and uh, be mannerly. Yes, absolutely. That, that, that's important. (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much i I just want to take the time to thank you for being here with me during this hour goodbye it's already that time i have so many more questions but how can they how can people get in touch with you if if they want to find your books if they want to purchase them oh uh, well sure i mean you can go to my website which is just jeanberetta.com that's b-a-r-r-e-t-t-a my books are sold wherever books are sold. You know, uh, try to support your independent bookstores if you can, um, or anywhere online where where books are sold, really. Um, or just sometimes you can find links through my website. But uh, that's that's the best way to do it. And then the Beretta Brothers is the YouTube, the Beretta Brothers dot No, is it? Yeah. Well, you know what? Go to our website, which is thebarettabrothers.com, and that has links to the YouTube page, to the podcast page. That's the easiest way to do that. That's great. And the web address, again, is uh, www.thebarettabrothers.com. Yep. Excellent. Thank you, Gene. I I hope we have the distinct pleasure of having you on again. I enjoy our conversations always. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. Thank you. And And, uh, well wishes to your mom again. Thank you. Much appreciated. Again, this is Discover Your Potential. I'm your host, Dan Gilman, for now. Until next time, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Thank you so much.